0: Welcome to The Sword and the Trowel, a podcast of Founders Ministries. Founders Ministries exist for the recovery of the gospel and the reformation of churches. I'm Jared Longshore.
1: And I'm Tom Askell.
0: Tom Askell has a nice,
1: good, it's a good <laughs> oh, no. voice. I'm working on my voice because everybody likes Jared's voice. Everybody
0: likes Jared's voice. But I've already told Tom that they soup your voice up and take away my powers. Before we had these cool microphones, my voice was even better than yours. And, I, and I've, told,
1: I've told you that if they're souping up my voice, I'm in real trouble. I'm in worse trouble than I know.
0: I think your voice sounds great.
1: Thank you. I like it. That makes two of us.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Hey. Uh, we're so grateful for all of you who listen to The Sword and the Trowel, and we're especially grateful to those who are part of our FAM. That is our Founders Alliance membership. We have people that support us at various levels. You can come in at a shield level or a trowel level or a sword level, and um, those people who do get access also to our armory, which is basically a bunch of content that we have that uh, isn't out there in public, but um, it's, it's really good stuff. And about to be souped up. It's about to be souped up because we've got all kinds of trappings from the... Uh, by what standard film that we're going to be putting up there.
1: Yeah, you know, people have asked us, man, are y'all going to be releasing uh, the interviews that you did? And we are, not all of them, uh, but... But most of them we are going to be putting in the armory. And there's some really good material in there. I mean, mm-hmm. things that just didn't make it into the dock. Uh, there might even be a few funny things in there. I'm not sure. But anyway, we're going to make that available to our supporters. Yeah. You can just watch and I, I don't, Do we have bloopers? I've heard Hannah talk about bloopers. Hannah, do we have bloopers? A
0: lot of the bloopers just stay right here in the, uh, in the podcast. Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> true. <laughs> <laughs> that's right.
1: Yeah. We don't have many bloopers because that is our podcast. We to like keep
0: our editing light around. <laughs> um, I want to see Votie's... You know, I haven't listened to Vody's whole oh, interview whole with you. Yeah. But what he said was so good when he got into that racial reconciliation stuff. So yeah. I'm I'm personally excited about that being put, put and up. And, you know,
1: I, I was talking to uh, Knox, who recorded that, uh, and Hannah that night. And evidently, after we finished the interview, they kept the cameras going. Mm-hmm. And and Votie and I had just a heart-to-heart conversation. I don't know if it would be appropriate to put all that in there or not. I haven't watched it. And certainly, you know, we don't want to do anything that's going to... Um, Uh, being appropriate but but we did talk about just wonderful things in terms Mm. of our relationship going back a while and uh concerns and hopes so it'll be interesting yeah i mean that that kind of thing might be very interesting to folks if we can put it out there
0: very good we also have a new project on the horizon called wield the sword when we came out of the by what standard film we started thinking um hey how can we take this inerrant bible we all confess it to be inerrant we confess it to be authoritative but actually apply it actually wield that sword (laughs) not just kind of leave it in a place where it becomes some kind of relic Mm. um so we you can see that at Founders.org, you can go to Wield the Sword. We're uh, raising money for that right now. A number of people have already contributed. We actually have a matching gift, so mm-hmm. it's $10,000. Then basically up to $10,000 will be matched, but that's only through March 1st. Yeah. And So we have about a month, and those who give your what you give will be doubled. It's going to be a great project considering how the Word of God applies in a number of areas, pastoral ministry, how it applies to sexuality, how it applies to manhood, how it applies to womanhood how it applies to even things like economics and the various spheres of society, how we take responsibility even in the civil realm. And so I'm really excited about that project. Be praying for Wield the Sword.
1: Yeah, and Wield the Sword is similar to but different from uh, by what standard? By what standard was a synodoc? Wield the Sword will be a
0: docu-series.
1: And we are making words up as we go. So (laughs) it's going to be a series of smaller documentaries. And so we we think that none of them will be more than an hour. Of course, we thought by what standard would only be about an hour and 15 minutes too. Mm -hmm. So um, we're not sure on all of that how it's going to play out. But we do have, I think uh, we've looked at 15 different topics as possibilities of bringing into this particular study.
0: Yeah. Well, today we want to talk about Hierarchy. Higher what? Hierarchy. We, we wonder as soon as you hear the word it just seems like something that needs to be torn down
1: hey, look, me, you, like what are you trying to you trying to ex- exert yourself over me I mean, is that I'm what thinking, this is about
0: you know the hierarchy's got to go you're not the boss of me patriarchy's
1: got to go you're not the boss of me
0: I think just matriarchy's got to go as well <laughs> I, don't, no, no, I
1: think, don't be crazy I think anything with like
0: an archy at the end of it has to go aristocracy anything that kind of sounds like that is bad it's uh, got to be bad that's uh, at least the way it feels as we think about the common Uh, worldview that is around us Mm. Uh, we were talking about this as we got started I go back 10 years listening to Ted Tripp talk about parenting and I remember in his book Shepherding the Child's Heart which I really enjoyed um, he was he said your worldview is going to be one of two it's going to be an egalitarian worldview Mm. and he didn't mean just men and women he just right right flat worldview you're going to look at and you're going to think kind of in terms of strict pure equity and egalitarianism um, or you're going to acknowledge this hierarchical design of God's world that he has actually put people in authority in certain spheres, certain realms. And he said, if your view is egalitarian, well, then the only way you're going to be thinking about authority is you're going to say, well, you can have authority over me if I let you have authority over me, or if you're stronger than me, that's going to be the way that you think about authority. And it, f- it was fascinating to me in that moment because I was coming out of this other way of thinking. I saw residue of this egalitarian worldview in my own mind. And I said, yeah, that's true. Like, you don't choose your parents. Mm-hmm. And so you don't choose who you're going to be obeying. And so the, the the way you go about this is not saying, well, you can have authority over me because I let you have authority over me. No, God just puts you in the world. And there actually is an order, a structure, a hierarchy embedded in the very system that God has created.
1: Yeah, and I, I think there's something um – bad wrong in the thinking of many Christians. I think we are being duped into thinking like the world or many parts of the world on this whole egalitarian idea that if you were to ask folks, what would be the best outcome? What would be the best way to live? It'd be everybody has everything equally. Everybody drives the same kind of car, everybody has the same kind of job or makes the same kind of money, has the same kind of relationships and opportunities in the world, and nobody's above the other. Everybody has the same kind of health and access to health care and all this stuff. It's got to be the same. And you hear this in our political speech today, the rise of socialism. I think betrays this way of thinking. And sadly, I believe that it's come into the church and Christians think like that rather than the scripture. Now, does the Bible talk about helping those that are oppressed? Absolutely. Caring for those that don't have? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Sharing what we do have? Absolutely. But whenever you go from that to saying everybody ought to be equal, and if everybody's not equal, then there ought to be a guilt somewhere that can be attributed and mm-hmm. we need to overthrow whatever it is that keeps someone from being in a position that is better than someone else. You're divorcing yourself from the scripture. I mean, in fact, I think that way of thinking has more uh in common with John Lennon and the Beatles imagine mm-hmm. than it does with the Bible. Mm-hmm. You know, no no heaven above us, you know, no, he- below yeah, us. yeah. you know, we're he just all,
0: no possessions that's included that's right. in that. No yeah. possessions. We
1: just all equal.
0: Matter of fact, give me that pen you have because you can't you possess that. You, There's you no possession.
1: Give me your voice. I'll give you yeah. my pen, okay? How's that? How's that? How's that?
0: Imagine all the people living life in peace, living life as one. That's right. It really no is. No greed,
1: a, no hunger. Oh We're all man. a brotherhood. We're all <laughs> equal. It's not true. LeBron James is not my equal.
0: No. he dunk all why, over you.
1: Why does he get to play basketball and make millions of bucks and I don't?
0: God did give him things that he didn't give you.
1: And that's not fair. Yeah,
0: Yeah. according to the mindset that is very present today uh, that's not. And so uh, perhaps a little qualification. There is a principle of uh, we have all things in common in Christ yeah. and there's this uh, what you see in the book of Acts, you know, it's a common text that you go to. Well, there were specific circumstances that were being acknowledged there. Uh, this doesn't mean that we don't want to care for the poor or care for the oppressed, but what, what it starts doctrinally. You have to say, there is is there a structure that God has established in the world? Is there a hierarchy? Uh, which includes the idea of authority, responsibility mm-hmm. and certain kinds of power are these are these um, things given to particular people in particular spheres for particular purposes and there's so much to to learn here about the way that God has structured the world so, I would start by saying the Lord Jesus Christ is the one who has all authority. He has mm-hmm. all authority in heaven and on earth. Uh, he has all power. And so every knee, every every knee should bow, every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And then as you look at the creation that god made you start to see the principle of authority and power even in the heavenly realm which was very helpful for me as i stepped back and started to think about god is the one who created he created the heavens and the earth Mm -hmm. and what do we see what do we hear about in ephesians we hear that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood but against the rulers and the authorities these these powers in heavenly places Mm -hmm. so there's some kind of um power structure that goes on even in the heavenly realm the devil himself is called a power and it's very clear that there are demons there are fallen angels that are uh, a part of his kingdom of darkness and that are under his authority so there's a structure even in the heavenly realm and when you start to see that okay, well, it would make sense that we would see some of that order, some of that hierarchy coming down to the earthly realm as well.
1: Yeah, and in the heavenly order, among angels. I mean, Michael's called the archangel Mm. of God in Jude 9. So what does that mean? Well, there's some kind of distinction there that's setting him above others, and we don't have a lot of elaboration on that in Scripture, but it's there. And I would go to Genesis 1-1 again. This is God's world. He's created it the way that he intended it to be. Sin's come in and screwed everything up, but he's recreating it, and he will make it exactly the way that he intends for it to be. That's going to happen, and there's no reason for us to think that the hierarchies or the distinctions that he has built into creation are inherently bad. Now, they've been abused. I mean, they, they have been corrupted like everything else by sin. But the, the fact that there are distinctions, and those distinctions at times involve uh, greater and lesser authority, mm. greater and lesser ability, mm. greater and lesser experience, is not sinful. Right. And man, we need to get that in our head so that we understand, okay, if I've only got uh, one talent, then I need to make the most with my one talent and not sit around and complain because I don't have three. I don't have five, but and, and not say that guy's being unfair, or he's part of the one percent, and therefore I need what he got, what he has, and he ought to give me what he has, or else this is uh, a sinful reality. Yeah,
0: I wonder if the moon should be jealous of the sun. Exactly, the greater light and the lesser light. Yeah, one to rule the day, one to rule the night. You know. <laughs> the genesis 1 1 the text you cited we've talked about this a lot but god created the heavens and the earth and he immediately went to creating a distinction within that creation and so mm-hmm. he did create the sun and the moon he created the heavens and he created the earth he created the land and he created the sea and in doing that he is assigning a purpose to all of those things yeah. so the land you know, you're supposed to produce uh fruits and vegetables so and give man a place to walk around and the sea you're to uh be the possessor of the fish and the whales and the sharks and and this is your job right and the land doesn't get going no i want to i want to hold the fish that's right and that's the, right and the sea says i want to produce apples yeah it's well no god is good and he because he has authority he's established this structure he's given us order he's given us what we are supposed to do and this runs right down to the creation of man and woman and so we are created in the image of God praise the lord ontologically um, dignity worth value we are equal we are created in the image of God and therefore we there's very much a sameness to that but then there is a there's an God's created order when it comes to manhood and womanhood. and We see certain uh, assignments are given to each. These are things that we can tell by very general, general revelation itself, and they're things that we can tell by special revelation. So you, you go from creation idea and and then what we see in the heavenly realm getting down to, um, hey, before we even do that, before we go to the earthly realm, let's talk about what authority is for. Like So when it comes to hierarchy, order, structure, power, what is authority for? What's it supposed to do? Well, the world and generally the egalitarian system says, well, it's it's just for dominating,
1: them. yeah, it's, oppression. It's for,
0: it's for oppression. But that's not the way that the Bible talks about authority. Second Corinthians chapter ten verse eight uh, says that God gave Paul authority for building up the church, not for destroying the church. And so you actually have this authority. You've been given a certain measure of power, and with that power, responsibility, in order to better those who are under your care. Mm -hmm. So the hierarchical structure that God has made uh, should be um, a a loving thing. And certainly there are abuses of those positions, and we see that in the world. But the solution is not to say, well, down with the structure down with the hierarchy yeah. the solution is to have people renewed by the power of the spirit trusting the Lord Jesus Christ conformed into the image of Christ and then able to use authority biblically
1: yeah exercise it the way God intends for it to be exercised I think David's last words here are so key mm-hmm. for us in second uh, Kings or second Samuel chapter 23 he says his last words recorded when one rules over people in righteousness when he rules in the fear of God he is like the light of of morning at sunrise on a cloudless morning, like the brightness after rain that brings grass from the earth. Blessing. When, when one rules righteously. When one exercises the authority that he has from God in a way that is focused on the glory of God, then he is going to be seeking to do good, not evil. Mm -hmm. That's true. We see that in the political realm. We see it whenever you have good, God-fearing leaders who are wise and give themselves to trying to rule in the fear of God. We see it in parenting, whenever parents take seriously their responsibility, right. they're not child-centered, they're not parent-centered, but rather they're thinking of God, and they're seeking to bring those children up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. We see it in marriage, when husbands take the responsibility as the head of their wives to lead them, to sacrificially love them, laying down their lives for them. You see it in, in businesses. I mean, it just it's seen right. everywhere.
0: Yep, and it works both ways, and if you have a bad authority, selfish authority, well then it's going then that system organization family church is going to right. suffer the consequences. What's you know what's scary about this is that the worldly ideology we're concerned about, this egalitarian way of thinking um, claims that we really can live as one without the idea of authority and hierarchy, yeah. but the idea of authority and hierarchy it it's inevitable. It because is because it's the way God has created the world. And so what you have with people that advance this idea of Let's flatten everything out. You really have a backdoor way of getting into leadership. <laughs> and so, I. I'm, this is from uh, Orwell's Animal Farm. So, yeah. we listen to that even <laughs> with All my animals kids. animals are equal. Like, my kids on, on Audible, they're like, can we listen to Animal Farm? You know, because it's a great story from Orwell about uh, the animals. They uh, don't want the authority of the uh, human beings the that are there. And so I think it's the pigs that take over mm-hmm. and they have all these rules, you know, the animals shall not walk on two legs. <laughs> the animals shall not sleep in beds. And so they have all these rules where they run off the human beings and then all of a sudden the pigs are in the position, they're kind of leading. And then all of a sudden they work their way into the home, which I think <laughs> they're not supposed to be in the home either. And, and then uh, before long, you notice that the pigs are starting to sleep in beds. And then you go back to the, to the uh, table, the board on the wall, that has all the rules and now it's kind of scratched out. and Something's changed. And all of a sudden they're walking on two legs and that's changed. And then they're in position.
1: Some animal, animals are more equal than others. Yeah, so
0: well, all <laughs> animals are equal. Some are more equal than others. So, well, one lesson of that uh, book, one thing that Orwell could see is that hierarchy is inevitable. Yeah, that's it's right. Gonna it's going to so, happen. It's
1: the way God made the world.
0: So you want you don't want to tear down hierarchy. You want good men in these positions of power and authority. And when it comes to women in the realms in which they do it, they uh, possess responsibility and power as well. Uh, children, obey your parents in mm-hmm. the Lord. So mm-hmm. we're looking at our sons and our daughters all the time. saying, Listen to your mother today. Hear your mm-hmm. mother's teaching. Proverbs says this. And so you you don't want to get rid of it. You want good people
1: and, there. And that's true in churches as well. And we've seen that in our own congregation by God's grace. But er, every congregation is going to have some structure of authority. We're a congregational church, but we recognize elders, and the elders lead. They exercise authority. They do so knowing that that's not inherent in them. It's not because they're smarter, wiser, or stronger, or anything like that. It's because they have been ordained by God, recognized by the congregation, vested with authority of Jesus Christ by Christ himself and so they lead and shepherd and when that's done well it blesses a congregation when that's done poorly then it becomes a curse to a congregation but to think that we're just not going to have that because we've seen it be done poorly and so we're not going to have any authority that it' It's a disaster it's a train wreck you're trying to do something that God never designed to be done right. man i've seen i've seen it happen a lot of times, especially with pastors. there's a church uh, situation locally that years ago I was on the credentials committee of our uh, association, and so a church was applying to become a member of the association and I read through their constitution bylaws and it wasn't a Baptist church. I mean, the mm. guy, the pastor had all the authority, he, he wasn't going to have deacons because style. he'd been run out of a church by deacons in his previous church, and so no deacons, no elders, nothing got done unless he did it, he, he approved it, everything had to be stamped by him, and yeah, I'm reading this. I said, well, you know, I mean, that's a fascinating way to try to operate. I wouldn't do it, and I wouldn't submit to it, and it ain't Baptist, so sorry. You know. Yeah,
0: and it's not even Presbyterian. <laughs> no, that's, it's not. that's the problem. When independent churches go that way, it's, it is. It's yeah. It's a big problem because you're not attached to any Presbyterian. You're not attached to anything higher that can come in. It right. really becomes a dangerous situation. Um, you know, to – this, this hierarchy principle, it's fascinating. You can even see it in general revelation. And you have people that are not necessarily Christians that are at least acknowledging this. Mm-hmm. Jordan Peterson's one guy. And uh, certainly don't uh, don't agree with Jordan on everything he says. I don't think he's a professing Christian at this point. Right. I know he's considered and looked at it a little bit. Um, but he, he started talking about dominance hierarchies. That's how he used it. And then I think he changed his language to competency hierarchies. And he's doing this even with lobsters. Right. You know, he's seen, Lobster he's seeing up. the structure <clears throat> of the world And he's, no. just by being careful, let's go look at the animal kingdom, and let's look at how some things happen in the animal kingdom, and then we can look at human beings, and we can see this same kind of principle. And in that, though, even through scientific analysis, you're discovering the way that God has actually created the world
1: to work. Yeah, yeah, there is a king of the jungle. (laughs)
0: There you go. Yeah. Um, So... In the earthly realm, we've already got into this a little bit, but the main three spheres that we'd highlight is there's, we see hierarchy in the home, uh, we see that in the church, and we see that in the world or in the civil realm. And so in the home, the husband is the head of the home. Um, so parents over children. Parents over children. So the wife is to submit to her husband, and children are to submit to their parents. Um, in the church, we see that leadership from elders, uh, Hebrews thirteen seventeen: submit to your leaders for they're keeping watch over your souls, those who are going to give an account. And then in the civil realm, Romans 13 gets mm-hmm. into this, where we are to be subject to the ruling authorities. Right. And then all of this, all of this hierarchy under the lordship of Jesus Christ, so that if... Um, any of these authorities, any of these position, or people in positions of power are going rogue, breaking away from the Lord Jesus Christ, but well, we're not going to follow them there. Right. We're not going to do what they say if what they're telling us to do is unlawful according to the law of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah,
1: we are to obey God rather than men, and we need to be willing to do that. That's what has resulted in martyrdom. For God's people throughout history is because they have refused to bow to civil authority. They've refused to bow to intimidation by uh, religious groups or by mobs, and they just say, no, we're going to stay faithful to Christ because he is our ultimate authority. And that's true for children. If parents are... demanding of their children things that are contrary to what God calls them to be and do. Children have a responsibility to God above their parents, mm-hmm. and that's a delicate deal, and depending on the age of the child, it can be uh, very uh, sketchy about how you go about it, but but yeah, we need to help, help our children realize that. It's true for wives, for women. I mean, you, you don't let a, a man um, abuse you and say, well, I'm supposed to be submissive because I'm his wife. Well, if he's violating God's... Right ordained responsibilities as a leader in the home, as your head, well then you have a responsibility to resist that and not to allow that to happen. And if he tries to command you to sin against God, then you your allegiance is to God. And that's true for us in the civil realm. If, if they start requiring us to abort our children, then we need to be prepared to go to jail to look at, at the civil authorities and say, no, we're going to obey God rather than you because all authority comes from God. Genesis 1.1. 1, 1. Right. Man, if we get that straight, then we're not going to be afraid of authority and we're not going to, to be uh, timid to stand against the abuse of God-given authority.
0: And you're not going to understand the abuse of God-given authority if you don't understand this hierarchical design that we're talking about. That's what's increasingly concerning about the egalitarian worldview that's encroaching is because you're not going to find relief from abuse of authority in that system. That's right. You have to hold the system, and you have to see that, yes, uh, because a man has been given uh, a great measure of authority and power in his home, then therefore we need to mark that closely so that we are sensitive to these situations. We're aware of them. And so that we can rightly counsel women under that mm-hmm. used to know what to do. And so mm-hmm. we say often and to ladies of our congregation, we've said it in other realms that if this is happening, if there's physical abuse that's happening in your home, then you need to flee. You need to call the civil authorities right. and you need to call the elders because there's these other spheres. You got home, You have church and you have the civil realm. Well, he's committing a crime. And so you Mm -hmm. need to contact the civil authorities and we need to understand the way that that power works, that that lady is going to have fear. Of course, she's going to have fear because the one that God put over her to love her and care for her is now abusing her. Of course, she's going to be distorted in the way that she understands authority. The children are going to be distorted in the way they understand authority. And a part of this is having the word of God get in us. And so that we see the reformation, the renewal that needs to happen, um, I've cited this before. I mentioned it quickly. The Old Testament principle of don't return a runaway slave to his master. I think this is very significant. Um, There could be a situation where, say, the slave is abused and he runs away to a good man's house, and that man says, well, look, I only have one witness. And the Bible says I need two witnesses, and so I can't protect you. And I think the principle that's there is that that man actually has the responsibility to protect that runaway slave who potentially is being abused and say, well, I'm going to protect you. I'm going to suspend judgment. Mm -hmm. I don't need two witnesses Mm -hmm. at this point because you're a person who's under authority, but apparently that authority has abused you. You're running away. I'll provide protection while the civil authorities and the ecclesiastical authorities investigate the situation. We'll get to the bottom of it. I think that's very helpful in the abuse realm because the woman is going to think, if I call the civil authorities, what's going to happen? Am Mm -hmm. Am I going to be sent right? back here to be abused by him again we'll hear this the church needs to take responsibility and not put it entirely on the civil realm we must call the civil realm we will call the civil authorities right away but included in that she should know i can flee to this christian's right. house and i'm going to be protected because right. there's another man and i'm going to come over i'm going to come under the protection of that and i'm not going to be sent back until we get to the bottom of that situation so yeah. i think that's a key text
1: it is a key text and, and you said something there that i think is, is uh presuppositionally, epistemologically at the foundation of this whole issue and that is the authority of God's word. I mean, how do we know the world works the way that God designed it to work and there is authority, there is hierarchy? It's because of scripture. And again, I believe today what's happened to us as evangelicals is we have been so infiltrated by the spirit of the world, the spirit of the age, this egalitarianism that that is at the heart of that that we think our thoughts are just as valid as what God actually says. Mm -hmm. And because we're Christians, how can you question our thoughts? How can you question me? I love Jesus. I believe in the inerrancy of scripture. And when you take the inerrant scripture and you say, well, okay, here's your thought. Here's what the Bible says. And it's different. It's like, how dare you? How Mm -hmm. dare you? Who are you to say that my thoughts are wrong? And it comes right back to to what we can no longer afford to assume. And that is, this is God's world. We are under his authority. He's given us a book and we've got to open it, we've got to read it, and we've got to submit ourselves to it. And if we don't do that, it doesn't matter how much we think uh, justifications by grace through faith. It doesn't matter how much we think that, oh, yeah, the, the, the church ought to be the voice of Christ in the world. If we are just assuming this book, assuming that we are right in our thinking and we're not willing to open the book, yeah. w- man, we're on a we're dead-end road. And there's
0: tied to these old... Conversations about reason and revelation, but it, when you see the that principle you just talked about, the Word of God, in in uh, association here with what we're talking about with hierarchy, it's uh, it's just a faithful son understands. Dad knows some things I don't know. That's right. Uh, he just knows some things I don't know, and Dad's not telling me to sin. Um, and so I'm going to do what dad said to do. <laughs> I, don't, I don't always, and, and that's wonderful when you realize there are things that God has revealed to us, even in the scripture, that our finite minds can't fully comprehend. Uh, but we know there's no <clears throat> contradiction in the word of God. And so we trust him and we obey him. Now we know we, we have finite minds and so we don't always understand right. correctly. And so that's why we want to be careful. We want to look at the word and we, by the spirit, want to exegete the, the scripture um clearly but then we should say god said to do this so i'm going to do it because i'm right. not god god's god That's and there's right. a hierarchy and he's at the top of this thing absolutely um well to get all of this down to kind of our own um, life in the southern baptist convention we have talked recently about doing some resolutions and i've got one that i'm actually proposing I'm so gonna, I'm you're going to propose this to the sbc i'm going to propose this to the sbc how are you going to do that well, uh, there's a certain time that it's going to be released mm-hmm. and it's going to be right when you tell me that I need to release it. <laughs> and, and I'm going to do it in just the way that you, somebody said you're the Don of the SBC. I'm going to do it just how the dawn of the SBC tells you. It's me just
1: to if go. you live a long time, you know, you You've just. you got all this
0: wealth of knowledge. No, I don't
1: know about that. You
0: are the armory of the
1: fam. <laughs> yeah. No, but the, the, there are, there's a process according to Constitution bylaws of the SBC. I think it's April 15th is the first day that you can submit a resolution. Okay. And you can do that up to 15 days days before the SBC convenes, which is, I think, June 9th, right around there this year. So you've got that window in which you can submit your resolution. It has to be done in writing. You have to be a member in good standing of Southern Baptist Church. And it goes then to a committee that the president of the Southern Baptist Convention this year, J.D. Greer, will appoint. And that committee will take all of the submissions that are offered. They'll weed through them, and some of them they'll say, we're not going to bring this out. Mm-hmm. Some of them they're going to say, we're going to tweak this. Some of them they might combine. Some of them they might just uh, automatically put out. But they will. Th- there will be a time at the Southern Baptist Convention annual meeting when resolutions will be brought to the floor. Mm-hmm. And they'll be printed in a bulletin, the ones that are being brought out. All of the titles of the ones that have been submitted will be published, so you'll know that, oh, these have – actually been submitted by different people uh that just their resolutions didn't come out what we're proposing to do is look at good resolutions make good resolutions and publish them Mm -hmm. so that people can see them before the day that they are printed in the bulletin and then being asked to vote on them that very day or the next day we're going to say hey look let's have it, give everybody an opportunity to look at this, talk about it, yeah. decide beforehand, is this good or bad? Yeah. We think that's helpful.
0: Yeah, so as you're listening to this podcast, if you go to founders.org, you're actually going to see this resolution that I'm going to be proposing to the Southern Baptist Convention. It's called God's Hierarchical Design. It's really trying to consolidate everything that we've talked about in this podcast.
1: I want to make one suggestion on your title, God's Good
0: good hierarchical, hierarchical design. Design. I like it yeah good because it is God, good exactly God's good hierarchical design no that uh, this isn't the this may not even be the final version I might do some tweaks here and there I mean people could say hey this would be better yeah or this would so, but I want to go ahead and get it out there. It's going to be up at founders.org.
1: So, we're going to publish the whole thing at the founders' website.
0: Yes. And so, uh, we're going to walk through a little bit of it here, and I'm going to read some. You stop if you think you, you see something that is worth underscoring or highlighting right. or expounding. All right. So, this is the resolution God's, hier- God's good hierarchical design. Whereas, stop. The t- Ah, whereas. Why do
1: we say whereas? I don't know.
0: Why do we say whereas? <laughs> it's like given, 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 given. This because is, these, this is the That's case. right. There we go. Whereas the church is to give glory, majesty, dominion, and authority to our God who is worthy
1: now and forever. There's nothing wrong with that. I can't
0: disagree with that. Whereas God has created a hierarchical creation there's
1: that word again though i know it, it makes me should, nervous it you know be good because you know we're all equal <laughs> are you trying with, you're
0: not my boss anything with icicle at the end of it <laughs> is dangerous whereas god's create god has created a hierarchical creation both in heaven and earth and god has raised christ from the dead seated him at his right hand far above divinely created rulers authorities powers and dominions
1: so he's the ultimate hierarchical authority that's right
0: Whereas all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to Christ, and Christ has given the keys of the kingdom to the church to be wielded
1: on earth. So what are you saying there in terms of the keys of the kingdom? What what point are you making about the authority of the church or the authority of Christ in the church? I'm making the point that
0: there is an actual authority that the Lord Jesus Christ has given to the church. And those keys
1: represent that. Yes,
0: those keys represent that.
1: the, The authority to open and shut. Close, yeah uh, and so make there's, available.
0: there's a well i mean yeah, that's one of the, uh, the wonderfully confusing man, you done preached the lights out here that's right man the lights going <laughs> incredible. out incredible hey that's all good that's right um but there there's much that could be said but we can all agree at least to that much right. that the lord jesus has given an authority to the church right. on earth to wield the keys uh, whereas christians are to submit to their leaders Wives are to submit to their husbands. Children are to obey their parents. Citizens are to honor their rulers. Servants are to be subject to their masters with all respect, even the unjust ones. And such subjection is a gracious thing in the sight of God.
1: Man, man, I think a lot of folks are going to be triggered by that. Whereas, that's a quote. Wh- from the where'd Bible. you get all that? What? That's a quote from the Bible. <laughs> from the Bible? Yes. Why are you bringing the Bible into this?
0: I know. So that's. I mean, this is this is. I'm excited about this resolution because there's many of these things are direct quotes from Scripture. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we're going to have all of that put into the resolution so we can see where it's coming from. Whereas the hierarchical structure of God's creation is seen and that there is no authority except from God, those that exist have been established by God. And whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed and will incur judgment for the authorities that exist are God's servants.
1: Yeah, so that's, that's a wonderful point. And we've just given the uh, uh, caveats to yeah, that. And, and so you can't forget that. I don't know if we need to say something about that or not, um, about proper disobedience to authorities. But absolutely, this is the foundation. Now, okay. when authority gets corrupted, that's when you say, no, we've got to obey God from whom all authority comes, rather than these lesser authorities that are trying to get us to sin against God.
0: Right. And that, the language it strikes people strong. You go to Romans 13, those are all There it quotes. is. The, those phrases, those exact phrases are found in Scripture. Um, going on, whereas the hierarchical structure of God's creation is seen in that the head of every man is Christ and the head of a wife is her husband. Whereas the implications of God's good hierarchical design are seen in that man was not created for woman, but woman was created for man. And in the church, women are not permitted to teach or exercise authority over a
1: man. There you go again, man. Why why are you picking a fight? Why are you you trying to call people out with that?
0: All right, listen, I'm trying to... If I'm trying to pick a fight, I'm trying to pick a fight in joy with uh, Iron Sharpens Iron with my brothers and sisters whom I love, yeah. and I'm doing so because I love my daughters. So there you go. Use that text so. that
1: Paul, you know, everybody takes First Timothy 2.12. Like that's the only verse in the Bible. I know. I know. But it is in the
0: Bible. It is the one that seems <laughs> to be under assault. Presently, So going to C.S. Lewis's resistance thinking, um, should we emphasize the themes of Scripture that are common uh, to the spirit of the age or the ones that are not accepted by the spirit of the age that emphasize the themes of Scripture that are actually in need of being contended for? And I look at my wife and I look at my daughters, and I think that uh, there are people who want to teach them that woman being created for man is a bad thing. Yeah. They they want to teach. And it's not a bad thing.
1: And that if they're not allowed to be a pastor or to preach in churches, they're being oppressed. Yeah. And that's horrible. That's a horrible message to send. And that if they stay home and uh, love their husband and raise godly children, that somehow they are giving up on life. Yeah. That's horrible.
0: Now, there are some people who want to teach my wife and daughters that a woman being created for man means certain things that it actually doesn't mean. Right. So there, exactly. th- there is that danger. Yeah, that's right. But I. Quite honestly, I just don't know that that's the biggest threat in the circles in which I run. It's a misunderstanding of this point altogether, but let's at least assert the point at, at the beginning. Woman, Man was not made for woman. Woman was made for man. Um, there's certain things that we don't understand. We need wisdom when we get down to application, sure. but we at least can assert that, yes, we stand upon what the Bible actually teaches. Yeah, and, I,
1: and again, another caveat is that does not mean there's no place for single women or single men because the Bible talks about that as well, but those realities don't undermine this fundamental truth and that's again it comes back to the word of god are we going to take god at his word or not And so what you've done here is just string together a lot of what the bible says in the very language of the scripture
0: one more whereas whereas many in our culture are confused about god's good hierarchical design and have even proposed tearing down god established hierarchies now be it therefore resolved so then we get that's just a lane of the land. Now we get to actual resolutions. Things that remember these resolutions are not binding upon the churches, but they're 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 declarations of where yeah. we stand as Southern Baptists. Resolve that the messengers of the SBC meeting in Orlando, Florida, June 9th and 10th, 2020. Renew our commitment to God's good hierarchical design in heaven and on earth.
1: That's who would argue with that?
0: I hope not anybody. I think I'm, I'm, I'm still hopeful that maybe yeah. we'll say, hey, this is good. Resolved that we affirm every human being's ontological equality. Whoa,
1: whoa, 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 man. Ontological. Ontologically.
0: Ontological. your very your being your essence. Uh, God has created uh, man and woman in his image. So mankind is created in the image of God. That's kind of what's embedded so in better. So you're
1: word. an e- ontological egalitarian.
0: I'm an ontological <laughs> egalitarian. Uh, resolved that we affirm every human being's ontological equality as those made in the image of God. While rejecting the egalitarianism of our age that demands each person be equal in every possible sense of the word. Mm -hmm. And be it further resolved that we exhort husbands to sacrificially love their wives as Christ did the church, wives to submit to and respect their husbands, fathers and mothers to raise their children in the discipline and instruction of the Lord, and children to obey their parents in the Lord and be it further resolved that we invite all Southern Baptists to rejoice in and encourage women learning in the church, and while so doing to maintain and renew our commitment to women learning quietly with all submissiveness. Whoa.
1: Did you just tell women to be quiet in the church? To... What, are you, what, are you, what are you doing <laughs> here, man? Where'd you get that idea?
0: uh first timothy 2 11 you're making me uncomfortable with this this prosecutorial um, <laughs> hey, look, tone you have uh, struck with no, me
1: no 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 We're, this is just this is just practice This, this is like sparring before the this fight this is what's okay. gonna come
0: <laughs> uh first timothy chapter 2 verse 11 that language is mm-hmm. um from the apostle paul and um, the instruction that we receive there and so i hope that that will be accepted by Christians. I hope so too.
1: But my fear is that we've got, again, because of the spirit of the age has crept in, undermined our commitment to the authority and sufficiency of God's word. Many professing Christians today are embarrassed by the language of the Bible. Mm. And they just, they get really nervous whenever you start using biblical language that goes against the spirit of the age. And I, I hope that uh, this will be accepted. If not, uh, I hope that it, will be argued against in a way that will help us to see whether or not what I've just said is true.
0: Yeah. And I want I would exhort uh, all my brothers, especially pastors to have a shepherding spirit when it comes to this resolution. Do, do we know that people might object uh, even Christians to this thing? Yeah, well they will um, have a shepherding spirit. A lot of, a lot of our flock has come out of secular humanism. Absolutely. All uh, that's, of them. That's everybody, that's everybody has in, in uh, 21st century America. And so, we know that it's going to be like, whoa, wait, that's something different than I've been taught my whole life. And so – so shepherd them up into that while uh, also acknowledging there are wolves and make those distinctions. There's going to be wolves that's right. that are coming at you, and we're going to talk to them in a certain way. And then there's going to be people that need to be uh, shepherded up into these truths. Yeah, because
1: what, what's going on there, it's a battle for faith. You know? are, are we going to take God at his word? Right. And that's been abused. People have said, oh, look, you know, God requires you to do this, think this, act this way, and, and they abuse that. There's no doubt about that. And so we need to be Bereans. We need to search the scriptures to see whether or not these things are so. But where the scripture is clearly being advocated, clearly being taught, then as creatures made in God's image, as disciples purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ, we need to grow in our faith so that our default mode is, okay, Lord, nevertheless, at your word, we will submit. Amen. That's what we've got to do. Amen.
0: Final resolve, resolve that we uphold the goodness of being subject to civil authorities in all things not contrary to God's law while putting all of our hope, not in man, but firmly in the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, Jesus Christ.
1: It's good. You know, you might add in there something about the responsibility of civil authorities as you've done with other authorities to operate in the fear of God, yeah, in the, fear of God. yeah. yeah the servants of God. But I, man, this is good. I, yeah, I read over this, and I know the language is going to be off-putting to some people, not because it's unbiblical, but because it's unpopular in our day and age. Mm. And I hope that God will use this, even as we put, post it and have opportunity to dialogue about it, that he will use this to expose where we need to go deeper in Scripture. Amen.
0: Well, as you listen to this podcast, go on to founders.org, read over this uh, resolution that uh, we're going to post there. I'm hoping to submit this to the Southern Baptist Convention for 2020. It's called God's Hierarchical Design. Like it, share it around, and feel free to correspond with us a little bit about these things.
1: Yeah, you know, and there might be some other uh, uh, Southern Baptists out there that like this resolution and say, hey, man, we want to sign on to that. And so hey. we could consider doing that as well. Just contact us. Don't forget about the matching gift that we've got for wield the sword. That is so crucial. Uh, to do the things that we do requires research. Resources, resources beyond what we have. God's been so good, so gracious, and he has stirred up many partners to come alongside founders and to help us to do what we've done thus far. And we've got aspirations way beyond what we've thus far accomplished. And part of that is this wield the sword. So we've got this matching gift, but it's there through the month of February to the 1st of March. And if you've thought about supporting this project, this is a great time to do it because your gift will be doubled uh, by the kindness of God and and one of our supporters saying, hey, man, we want to encourage others to give the way we want to give as well. So take advantage of that. Go to founders.org, wield the sword, and you can get more details there. Amen.
0: Thanks again for listening to The Sword and the Trial today. We encourage you to press on in the good fight of recovering the gospel and reforming churches.